Have you ever been told something and believed it and gone along thinking that you understood it, only to find out at some point you didn't really understand it at all. You just accepted it because you were told to believe in that. I'm not talking about believing in Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. But I do want to give one illustration, and that is the uh, theory of gravity. Go ahead, uh, change slides there. You're going to have to try to keep up with me, Dale, because I'm not going to watch the screen. Go to the next one. So I was told up, when I, I was told growing up about gravity, right? You were told about Isaac Newton and how he watched an apple fall off a tree. And, and I, without realizing, I thought I understood what gravity was or what made it happen. And, um, but I realized that I really don't understand why it works. What makes gravity be gravity? And so I thought, I'll turn to Uncle Google, who has the answers to everything, right? So let's see what Google told me. The first one, <coughs> next page. Oh, there's Isaac Newton's uh, yard. Anyway, go ahead, next. There we go. First one, the answer is very simple but very important. It's because the earth moving around the sun is in a dynamic equilibrium. I'm not sure what that means. The speed of the Earth's movement creates a centrifugal force which balances the gravitational force between the sun and the Earth because there's no force to stop it. You understand that, right? right. Oh, good, good. <laughs> or, go to the next slide. Here's the second thing that Google had on there. Gravity is most accurately described by the general theory of relativity proposed by Albert Einstein in 1915 which describes gravity not as a force, but as a consequence of the curvature of space-time caused by the uneven distribution of mass. Now, that solved everything, didn't it? You understand, right? Okay. Or, let's, what, Google has a third option. Gravity is a very important force. This is, I just copied and pasted this. Every object in space exerts a gravitational pull on every other and so gravity influences the paths taken by everything traveling through space. It is the glue that holds together entire galaxies. It keeps planets in orbit. But, next slide. This is the fourth thing. You had to get down there a ways to find this. If we are to be honest, we do not know what gravity is in any fundamental way. We only know that it behaves, how it behaves. Gravity is the force of attraction that exists between any two masses, any two bodies, any two particles. Gravity is not just the attraction between the objects and the Earth. Aha. Did you know that we don't know what's, what gravity is? We all grew up with this in grade school. How many of you thought that we understood, that the scientific community understood what gravity is? I thought they did. They really don't. Did you notice that those four different definitions, explanations of gravity, aren't the same? They're completely different. And so, thank you, Mr. Google, Uncle Google. You didn't make anything clear. You just made it worse. I have a similar problem with Easter. I've been longing for a deeper, remember that word deeper. We've been talking about deeper this year. 
I've been longing for a deeper understanding of what Jesus did for me on the cross. I believed a lot of things because I was told that this is what the Bible teaches, not because I understood them. I believe we have to come to God initially by faith, but then don't you agree with me that God can give us understanding as we walk with him? So, I want to understand what Easter means in a much greater way. And while I'm expecting God to give me more understanding, I'm not expecting to find complete understanding this time around. But it's really cool is that as, he w w as I walk with the Lord, He reveals more and more. There, I've got some questions. I'm your pastor. I'm being honest with you guys, okay? How many of you know it's not a sin to have doubts and questions? It's a sin to have unbelief. Unbelief is a choice. Doubts are just when you don't understand it yet, right? So here's some of my questions. Go to the next one. There we go. When Jesus, when did Jesus realize he was going to be the sacrifice? Did he always know? Was it like when he was 12 years old? Was he like a teenager and all of a sudden something clicked? He realized where? Jesus? Yeah, but I'm talking about the human, when Jesus came and became a human. At what point did his human self realize uh, God's plan for me is to be the sacrifice for the sins of mankind? When John said, behold the Lamb of God, was there part of Jesus that wanted to say, you got the wrong guy. Let me out of this place. This is not my zoo. These are not my monkeys. Goodbye. You know. Anybody here would have, when you realize I'm going to be nailed to a cross, you know, I wonder, how was it for Jesus? How did he handle that, the realization? I mean, I just don't believe that when he was two, he knew he was going to be the savior of the world. He was probably playing with Legos or whatever they had back then. So next question, why did Jesus have to die in my place for my sins? Why couldn't he just wave his hands and say, your sins are forgiven? Anybody ever wonder that? Why did it cost him his life? Okay, that's another question. What's another one? Dale. There you go. Why blood? Why does God require, why did he require blood sacrifices from animals? And why did it require Jesus' blood to cover and pay for my sins? Anybody ever wonder these questions? Am I the only one? Oh, good. I heard some rumbling out there. Okay, next one, Dale. What is this thing called the Father's Cup that Jesus said he was going to have to drink right before he went to the cross? It's in Matthew 26. And then Isaiah 53 says, it pleased the Father to bruise him. 
Anybody ever wondered about that one? Is it okay that your pastor's being honest with you, real, about some of the things that I wonder about? Thank you. And I'm not coming and saying that I have unbelief. I'm just saying I want more understanding. Trent, you want more understanding? I do, yeah. The Father's Cup. Wow. Next one. If Jesus is God, how could he die? Anybody ever wonder about that one? How can God die? Hmm? Okay. Next one. How could God turn away from Jesus and abandon him on the cross? Remember, Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me or abandoned me? Why did that have to happen? And how could God, how could the Father separate himself from his son? Wow. I'm not even going to ask questions about the resurrection today, okay? This is enough to keep me busy for a while. Jason, can you help me? I'm going to pass around a basket of pieces of paper because I believe I'm probably not the only one that has questions. And so I'm going to have Jason offer you a piece of paper, and if you would write any question down that you have, I'll collect those. We'll, we'll, you can just actually uh, yeah, just pass it around. Yeah, Just take a piece of paper if you... Uh, have a question. If you don't, pass the basket around. And I want other people to be able to ask their questions as well as me. Okay, Dale, next one. Next one. Other way. There we go. So I'm going on a journey. As we move from the end of February... Through March into April, Easter is like April 21st, right? So I'm on a journey between now and Easter <clears throat> to get some of my questions answered. And to help you guys, if you don't mind, kind of like being, walking with me in my process. Now, I know I'm taking a risk because if I don't get answers and you don't get answers, then we're still going to have questions. And really, that's part of what faith is, isn't it? It's being willing to trust God to give us the answers and the understanding in his own timing. Sometimes he doesn't answer us right away. But I think sometimes for me, it's a matter of pursuing the Lord, hungering. It says in Proverbs, wisdom calls out, says, come and search for me. How many of you this morning believe that God wants to give understanding to people who are seeking him for wisdom and understanding. It's very clearly in the scripture. So part of it is a matter of, of what, where's my heart? Am I hungry? Am I seeking? Am I looking? Am I knocking? And what did Jesus say? Those who seek will, those who, who uh, ask, it will be Answered, and those who knock, it will be 
open. Do you believe that? Or is that just a good memory verse to know in your head? Because God's challenging you and me right there. He's saying, you want some answers? Or do you want to just go on and go, I'll just believe by faith and, and, and not understand? Because I believe God wants to give us understanding. We don't make knowledge our God, but seeking understanding causes us to know our God better. I want to know some answers to my questions. I'm not the first person to take this journey. I really believe that there are many of you here this morning that are also seeking and desiring and hungering to have answers and to understand your faith, to understand what Jesus did for you on a much deeper level than you've understood so far. I want to read from about two guys that were seeking answers. In Luke chapter 24, and it's a long passage. It's about five slides worth. So just follow along. Luke 24, 13 through 32. That same day, two of them were walking to the village Emmaus, about seven miles out of Jerusalem. They were deep in conversation, going over all the things that had happened. In the middle of their talks and questions, Jesus came up and walked along with them. But they were not able to recognize who he was. He asked, What's this you're discussing so intently as you walk along? They just stood there long-faced like they lost their best friend. Then one of them, his name was Cleopas, said, Are you the only one in Jerusalem who hasn't heard what happened during the last few days? He said, What happened? They said, The things that happened to Jesus, the Nazarene. He was a man of God. A prophet, dynamic in work and word, blessed by both God and all the people. Then our high priests and leaders betrayed him, got him sentenced to death and crucified him. And we had our hopes up that he was the one, the one about to deliver Israel. And it's now the third day since, he, since it happened. But now some of our women have completely confused us. Early this morning, they were at the tomb, and they couldn't find his body. They came back with a story that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of our friends went off to the tomb to check and found it empty, just like the women said. But they didn't see Jesus. Then he said to them, so thick-headed, so slow-hearted. Can you imagine that? Why can't you simply believe all that the prophets said? Don't you see that these things had to happen, that the Messiah had to suffer and only then enter into his glory? Then he started at the beginning, and I wish I'd been there for this Bible study, beginning with the books of Moses and went on through all the prophets, pointing out everything in the scriptures that referred to him. They came to the edge of the village where they were headed, and he acted as if he were going on, but they pressed him, stay and have supper with us. It's nearly evening. The day is done. So he went in with them, and here's what happened. He sat down at the table with them. Taking the bread, he blessed and broke and gave it to them. At that moment, open-eyed, wide-eyed, they recognized him, and then he disappeared. 
back and forth they talked. Didn't we feel on fire as he conversed with us on the road as he opened up the scriptures for us? Do you think those guys were glad to have that Bible study? Or do you think they would have been just happy just going on like they were not understanding anything? They were on a journey, and they didn't even realize that God met them because he heard the cry of their hearts. They were going, God, we don't understand. We want to understand. I want to understand. And I want you to understand, too. I'm not saying that I can provide all the answers for you or me. But I do believe that if we seek the Lord together, that God's going to give us understanding. And I'm going to be doing some studying and some reading and some praying. And I encourage you to do some studying and reading and praying. And if you want any encouragement or ideas of where to start, can certainly point you in some right directions. But these next weeks here at Calvary are going to be, we're going to be on this journey, the journey to the cross, understanding what Jesus have you done for me? What does it mean? Why did it have to happen? What do I do with it? Both Paul and Peter summarized the essentials of what Jesus did. And because this is a start, I'm going to go ahead and remind you of them today. In Romans 5, verse 6, Paul wrote, When we were still without strength, in other words, unable to save ourselves from our sins. Okay, Anybody here experience the power of sin? And know that you cannot save yourself from your sins. I hope you all do. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's me. That's you. Scarcely for a righteous man will a person die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone who would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, still his enemies, Christ died for us. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Do you know that if Jesus hadn't intervened and if we hadn't received his life, that we would be facing the wrath of God for eternity? We need to let that sink in. Verse 10, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled now, we shall be saved by His life. This is telling us what's true. It isn't explaining how it happened or why it happened very much. Then in 1 Peter, the Apostle Peter weighs in, and he says that you were not redeemed with corruptible things or things that will eventually rot and fall apart and disappear, like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. But you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, 
as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world. That's what Johnny was talking about earlier. But he was manifest in these last times for you and me, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and your hope are in God. The starting point is knowing him. It's being in a relationship with the living God. There's a very good chance that some people in this room think they are in a relationship with God because they've come to a church or they gave money or they read their Bible at some point. But they may know about him, but there's a very good chance that some of us here this morning do not personally know him, have not had an experience with the living God. And you really can't go anywhere in developing an understanding of what God has done for you until you start by receiving his gift to you of salvation, of his life. Receiving that when Jesus died on the cross for you and shed his blood, that that blood is the only thing in the world, in the universe, that can cover your sin and allow God to forgive you. And that if you refuse to receive him and receive that forgiveness, that you will spend eternity in darkness, in torment, because that's the only alternative, because all the life, all the joy, all the good is with God. So this morning, the first thing I want to ask, if there's anybody here that says, you know what, I know things about God, but I have not experienced him personally in the sense that I have asked him to become my Savior I have given my life and surrendered my life to him and said, you are God and I am not. So if there is anybody here listening to my voice this morning who says, you know what, I need to make that choice. I need to make that commitment. I need to give my life to God so that I know I'm forgiven, so that I know that I will spend eternity with him, and so that, and also because he is worthy of, of my life because he is God and I am not. So I want to first of all ask you to close your eyes, bow your heads for a moment. If I want to just ask if there's anybody here this morning that knows that they don't know God for sure and they want to know him, they want to start a relationship with him where he begins to talk to them and walk with them and they begin to be a believer and a follower of Jesus. If that's you, go ahead and raise your hand. Thank you. All right, let's go ahead and just pray together. And I'm just going to ask you to pray after me. Lord God, thank you for the gift of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for giving your life on the cross for me. I receive what you did for me. Even though I don't understand it, I receive it. I receive your precious blood that washes away my sins. I confess that I have lived my life 
for me, not for you. I may have made token Christian actions, but I have never surrendered to you as the boss. Today I say, Jesus, you are Lord. And with your strength, I will follow you. Come inside me. Change me. Transform me. Make me like you. Wash me and cleanse me. I give you my life. Let it bring glory to your name. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, then you have passed from death into life if you prayed it with faith and you believed it. So that's a starting point. Now we're going to go on in the weeks ahead and we're going to be looking at the whys and the hows. I'm excited about this journey. I hope that some of you are. I really believe God is going to respond to our hunger for Him. It says that He is pleased by faith. And in fact, it says that no one can please God without faith. So I'm going to give you a few moments to write down any questions you have. Go ahead to the last slide. By the way, how did you think gravity worked? Oh, thank you, Amber. That's right. Um, today, here's an announcement that Jess and uh, Joe and Jess Collins reminded me of, I forgot about. Today at the Westside Event Center by the old Dollar General store, uh, World Strides is having an Italian buffet. It's a uh, World Strides is a youth program to help uh, kids in high school to get Hemingford High School get a chance to go see the National Monuments at Washington, D.C., on a field trip. And uh, it's an opportunity many kids in our area never get. And so today from 12 to 2, they're having an uh, Italian buffet. I think it's $15 for adults and I think 8 for kids. And they're asking that we come out and support them through this fundraiser. So I hope some of you can do that. How do you feel? You feel like something happened today? I really do. I feel like God's starting with us on something. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be work looking at the cross. And my, by faith, I believe that when we get to Easter, God's also going to really give us some really powerful understandings of what the resurrection means for us and why it is so important. I really believe God's going to bring understanding to us. So I'm going to close in prayer, and we're going to go to that. Lord God, thank you so much for your goodness today for your presence here, for your word. Lord, I pray that we would be like those two guys on the road to Emmaus who allow you to open things up and explain the things that cause our faith to grow and develop and to have underpinnings and foundations. Lord, we say we believe, we trust you by faith, now, Lord, we ask that you would lead us to deeper understandings. God, we pray that we would be people that would have answers for those that ask us the hard questions. 
in the days ahead. We thank you for today. We love you. We give you the rest of this afternoon in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, Rosie.